Jordan Maxwell on the line with me right now. Jordan, how are you? Well, thank you very much, Ryan, for having me back on. I'm still here, I guess. Excellent. How are you feeling? <laughs> Pretty good? Well, okay. I, it's hard to feel very good, you know, at, at my age, 76, but because uh, I've been sick for a long time. But I, I think I'm doing all right for the moment. Well, excellent. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. You know what? It also is a bit difficult to feel okay when we find and, and we discover the bombardment and the assault on our intelligence, our bodies, our children, etc. It just seems like we are we are constantly attacked and assaulted from all angles. And a normal reaction to that, Jordan, I think, is anger. And then when people get really angry and upset about something, you know, we're considered really negative and down. I think looking at the world through the lens that people like you and myself look at the world through is a really positive thing because we're kind of shining light on the darkness. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it is very, very <clears throat> interesting life if you start to really care about what you believe and what you accept and where things come from. This has always been my big thing in life is to track down where do things come from? Where did things start? What did the words mean? I mean, where did the money come from? You know, I don't accept it, and I never have, that, uh, you know, the bank is a bank and it's supposed to be there. No, somebody put it there, and it costs money. And the way the life works, you don't spend a lot of money to build a bank building just so that it looks nice and can help people know you're there to make money off of it. And so, well, where did the original money come from? And so when you start breaking down the institutions and the world in which you live, you begin to see it's uh, business. It may be mostly dark and dirty business, but it's business nonetheless. And the, the word business, the way I'm using it, is the way the mafia uses it. Nothing personal, it's just business, just money, just a way to make money and control things. So, unfortunately, uh, if you really study the world in which you live and start doing that kind of research, you will discover, as I have and many others have, that the world is not what you think it is. And I'm, I'm famous for saying that because I say it all the time, that nothing in this world works the way you think it does. Nothing. Government is not here to do what you think it does. You know, banks don't do what you think they do. Police departments are not here to do what you think that they do. Nothing is on this earth to do what you think it does. Nothing works the way you think it does. And uh, I can guarantee you, when you find out just alone, just one subject alone, and that is commerce, <clears throat> banking, money, when you understand how it actually came about and what the symbols on the money mean and who prints it and how money and paper work all over the world and every country, and uh, you begin to see a whole different world than what you thought you lived in. And uh, that's a whole subject for another time because it's it's an extraordinary St uh, story when you <clears throat> begin to break down where 
money plays into the human psyche, where money plays into the human world that we live in. And what is money? And where do we get that word money? The word money comes from a, from a goddess in the ancient, uh, I'm trying to remember if it was ancient Greek or Roman goddess. Her name was uh, Juno, as in Juno, Alaska. Juno Monita. So it's the, in Rome, the, as I recall. The actual... Juno Monita was a goddess, uh, and she was always had her. She always had a temple uh, <clears throat> on Capitol Hill in the ancient Roman Empire. The Caesars would go quite. Uh, what, what, what the history books say is that Caesar would officiate over his empire uh, up on the hill. And so there was a hill in which Rome ruled the world, and it was called Capitoline Hill. Today, we still use the Roman Capitoline Hill. We call it Capitol Hill. No, it's Capitoline Hill. Even the architecture is the same. Yeah, where Caesar ruled the Roman Empire from Capitol Hill. And up on Capitol Hill, before Caesar could go in before the Roman Senate, uh, we have a Senate up on the hill. Uh, Caesar had to go into the temple of Juno Monita and sprinkle incense on her altar and whatever other was part of the ritual before he went into the Senate to rule Rome. And uh, today, that's the same thing, same identical situation. Before the president or before the head of government in America can go up on the hill, to officiate over the government, uh, he has to check with the banks first because the banks own the country. They own you. They own the land. They own it all. And so obviously you're not going to rule over nothing without checking with the bank, Juno Monita, from where we got the word money. So anyway, it's a very interesting uh, when you start you know, seeing the connections between the ancient empires. And the more we change, as I say, the more we stay the same. We're still a Roman Empire today. We still are ruling from a place called Washington, D.C., which originally, back in the 1700s, was not called the District, District of Columbia. Uh, that area we call the D.C. today was actually called, if you look it up in a dictionary, it was actually called Rome, R-O-M-E, Rome. And today it still is Rome. And since Rome uh, did a lot of business with Egypt and the ancient uh, Roman Empire, so today, modern-day Rome, America, is uh, also connected to ancient Egyptian uh, establishment so that our Mississippi River is actually understood in in, in Washington, D.C. Our Mississippi River is understood to be the Nile. Uh, and, and cities along the Nile, or cities along the Mississippi, have uh, Egyptian names like Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, I mean, I, I had a whole list of the names that were coming from Egypt on the uh, Mississippi, uh, Cairo, Illinois. So it's, it's really interesting to see how much we have sucked in and, and accepted 
the ancient Roman Empire, the ancient Egyptian Empire, and then our religions are, are all based on, all three major religions are based on Hinduism and ancient India. Our very company, the very corporation we call the United States of America as a republic is actually a corporation. It's a company, and it was based on the British uh, India, what do they call it, the, the, um, the British India Company. As, that's said a different way, but I'm remembering as British India right now. But um, so anyway, like I said, nothing is what you think it is. America is not what you think it is. It never has been what you thought it was. Um, Would you say that all of these elements of Egyptian mysticism and symbols, etc., have been incorporated into the next civilization and the next civilization, taking what has worked from those civilizations in the past and carrying it over today and amplifying it even more for control? I would say that's exactly correct. That's exactly right. It's uh, Nothing happens on this earth in a vacuum. Everything is built on something that was prior to it. Something that worked, they incorporated that. And something else that worked in a different way, well, they incorporated that. And uh, so, so much of our life today, our communication networks, our television and, and electrical uh, appliances, everything is based on other uh, experiments, other developments, inventions from many, many, many years, many years ago, sometimes centuries ago. And our educational systems based on the, our whole educational system is based on the Greek on the Greek or Greek world, while our military and in America is based on Rome, we are the Roman Empire, and our philosophical and religious foundations are based on Judaism. America is basically following the Judeo, uh, what we call Judeo-Christian philosophy of life. Uh, I don't see any problem with that. I, you know, I've grown up in it, so I don't see any problem with that at all. As a matter of fact, it's better than than uh, most of the others I've seen being uh, used around the world. But the bottom line is, is that uh, the whole world is not what you think it is. And unless and until you start doing that kind of research, you're never going to figure out how this world really works. And I know we talked about that I wanted, I, I think we talked about the fact that I wanted to talk about uh, Moses. Uh, but I have something else that I came across many years ago and I pulled out of my research <laughs> library of boxes and boxes of documents and materials. And I was just talking about it to some people a couple of days ago. And then I thought, you know, it would be interesting to maybe talk about it on the program for a few minutes Something else that lots of people do not know, Jews and Christians and Muslims, uh, mostly the religious world today does not know. And that is a story I wanted to tell you. The story is, is about a book, a book that was written many, many years ago from the ancient Grecian Empire. The book was called The Theogony of Hesiod. Hesiod is H-E-S-O-I-D, Hesiod. And the book was called The Theogony of Hesiod. Well, The Theogony 
<clears throat> because it's, it's the word, the word, the word theogony goes back to the word in Greek, since this is an ancient Greek document. In Greece, uh, God is spelled T-H-E, the. Uh, this is why some people work for the man, but I work for the man. Uh, some people are, are you know, uh, prize fighters, but Muhammad was the fighter, the champion. So anytime you emphasize something with the, T-H-E, it's so uh, the word for God. It's the highest possible obtainment. So, uh, you know, so anyway, the theogony, agony is a study of. So the is God and agony is a study of. So what this book was is called The Theogony of Hesiod. It is a story about all of the gods of the universe and who they are and who runs what <clears throat> and uh, and who's in charge of what. And it's a very interesting but very ancient old book uh, coming out of the Grecian Empire. Hesiod supposedly lived about 700 B.C., he was an illiterate herdsman, and out watching his herd at night <clears throat> in ancient Greece, he said that there were three angels, glowing angels, that floated up to him, uh, just like uh, you know, just like other religious leaders in the world who have had angels come to them and tell them they're supposed to be a prophet. Uh, you know, I, and and I, my God, we can go through many different religions that have had the same beginnings. But anyway, Hesiod <clears throat> was uh, out minding his herds, and three he said three angels that he called, or he said that they called themselves muses, spell M U S E S. Three muses. They floated up to him. He saw them coming. They weren't walking, but they floated up to him. And we get our word from muses. We get museum, music, to be amused from the word muses. Muses were three angels that talked to this herdsman who couldn't read or write. And the muses telepathically, uh, as he has said, uh, tell him that they wanted him to write a book about the gods that rule over the heavens. And so he told them he could not read or write, but they said to him that they would guide him by automated writing. And they would actually do the, the spelling and the writing, and they would you know, put it into his head, and he would write the book for them. And so they told him he could not, since he couldn't read or write, as I said, they told him that they would guide him by automated writing. That's interesting. And they began to, I guess you would call, download the, the so-called pecking order of the gods in heaven. Who was the chief gods? Who were the lesser gods? Who was over what? And they told him that the god that was over our particular solar system uh, section in the Milky Way. Our solar system is one tiny, tiny part of a bigger, <clears throat> uh, what we call the Milky Way galaxy. And these muses told, uh, Hesiod that the God who was over our solar system and our, and our little part of the Milky Way galaxy was a God named Zeus. Z-E-U-S. 
So this is where we get the, the, the Romans and the ancient Greeks talking about the god Zeus from Hesiod, the Theogony of Hesiod. They said, and this was interesting, they said that Zeus lived on a floating city that floats in the sky, a floating city that is in the constellation of Cassiopeia. This was uh, you know, fascinating to me that, that they would point out where Zeus lived. So this was explained in, in, in the book. He's a real god and he lives in a floating city in the constellation of Cassiopeia. That was all explained in the book that was given, given to the writer, Hesiod. Yes, exactly. And uh, these muses told him that. The muses went on to tell Hesiod that if Zeus were to drop an anvil from his front porch, it would take nine days and nine nights and so many hours and so many minutes until it hit the earth. Well, it was written down, and so it's easy to calculate that distance, which is a little over three million miles from the earth. Very simple. Uh, you know, how fast will, uh, will any weight fall? Uh, multiplied by nine days and nine nights and so many hours, how far would the thing fall? Well, it was estimated, because of our computers, we were estimated to be about three million miles from Earth. So according to Hesiod and the three muses, uh, Zeus was our father who was in heaven, our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Zeus, and he lives <clears throat> about three million miles from Earth <clears throat> in a constellation in our heavens called Cassiopeia. Now, back in 1930, there was an American astronomer named Carl Jansky, J-A-N-S-K-Y, Carl Jansky, uh, built, he built the first radio telescope and won a Nobel, Nobel Prize and was called the father of modern radio telescopes. Then he, Carl Jensky, also built a radio transmitter to beam signals into the heavens. And in 1930s, somewhere in the 1930s, just to see what would happen, he started transmitting a signal <clears throat> to Cassiopeia on the 14.3 megacycles, was uh, was uh, sending out signals on his radio telescope to Cassiopeia. And if you can believe it, he got back an intelligent signal with a message that was amplified, but he didn't know what the message said because it's not a language uh, we understand. But it was a language, and it was an intelligent uh, response, which, uh, you know, most people don't know that. So when you hear all the silly nonsense of, uh, of, our, of our manipulating, lying leaders talking about uh, Na NASA and we're looking mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, looking to see if there's life in outer space, well, if you go back to the 30s, it's already been proven. Yeah, that, that's, that's the same thing they do now with, with these new seven planets they claim they discovered. They can, they, first of all, they say they can find seven planets in another solar system hundreds of trillions of miles away, but they can't find the, <laughs> they can't find the original moon tapes in their own archive. 
And then NASA says, well, there could be life on these planets. There might even be water. But then back, what, 30 or 40 years ago, Jordan, they already announced that they had found water on planets and bodies in our own solar system. So I'm of not, course. not sure what the, big, what the big excitement's about. Well, that's why, that's why you know, nothing is what you think it is. <clears throat> NASA is not what you think it is. I met and had lunch with the, uh, uh, an old man that was 90, I don't know, I think he was 96, 97 years old, uh, quite a few years ago in, in, uh, in Los Angeles. I had no knowledge of him at all, but a mutual friend put us together, and we went out to lunch in, uh, in Los Angeles, and he was the first man appointed by President Truman back in the 50s to, to uh, be in charge of the United States Space Agency. It wasn't called NASA. It was called the U.S. Space Agency. And he was the man who was chosen by President Truman to put together the United States Space Agency for America. And I had quite an interesting conversation with him because he was telling me what was actually really going on, not what you think was going on, and why the president, why the United States government wanted a space agency, not because for what you think it was, but what it actually meant. <clears throat> and so that's a whole story in itself. Anyway, let me get back to um, that Carl Jansky, J-A-N-S-K-Y, you can look him up. So Carl Jansky died, and all of his notes were immediately taken from his office by people who saw, they said, men wearing black suits uh, raided his office. So that should tell you something right there. Now, in the mid-1940s, a few years later, a Scottish astronomer named Duncan Lunan, L-U-N-A-N, Duncan Lunan, L-U-N-A-N, was working with Carl Jansky's radio telescope and transmitter. And he, too, sent out a signal just to see what would happen aimed at Cassiopeia. And he, too, got back a signal about 20 seconds later, both that was intelligent uh, and amplified. And he didn't know what to do uh, with this either because he couldn't read the, the message. But Duncan Luna narrowed the signal down to a particular star in Cassiopeia, and today we call that uh, we call that particular star where he was getting the intelligent messages back from. We call it the Lunan object. So look it up in uh, in Encyclopedia L U N A N Lunan object. And it will tell you this was a star in which uh, uh, humans were getting uh, intelligent, uh, amplified, intelligent communications with somebody, but we couldn't read it. But it's supposedly where, uh, you know, the three million miles away, and they figured out how long it took to send a message and how long it took to get back, and they figured it was about three million miles away. Well, that's exactly what uh, the... The Hesiod has said is that, that the muses told him it was about three million miles away in Cassiopeia, and be damned if it wasn't. It's there. But Jordan, let me so, let me let me ask you a question about that, and I also have another yep. comment uh, relating to many things that you've said. I've been under the impression because I think our work's very similar, and uh, I grew up listening to you anyway, so I, I I took some pointers, I guess you could say. Um, I like philosophy a lot, 
and I look back into ancient Greece, ancient Egypt, and even before, and you look at these things that some people might call mystery schools, and whether mm-hmm. it, some of them were were perverted later or the symbols and the beliefs were inverted, but I think the foundation of many of them were about self-empowerment. It was using philosophy to teach the refinement of the self to better yourself. That's where the resurrection uh, myth or allegory comes from in a lot of different ways. There's other aspects to it, of course. You're right. Mm-hmm. Now, in schools uh, that we might call mystery schools, they kind of were turned into religions. And so the symbols and the stories and the allegories that were meant to be taken less than literal were perverted and inverted in meaning and used to control people through literal definitions where the symbols, the the stories, the characters were altered and changed or they were um, presented in a way where they'd be identified as being something other than what they were. So I guess inverted would be a great way to explain it. Then, yeah, and, but that's exactly what happens. I mean, even today, uh, scientists uh, today uh, will discover something, for instance, they discovering how to manipulate nuclear power and how to create it, uh, and then, but they keep it to themselves and don't want to tell other governments about mm-hmm. how to do it. And what did they do with that knowledge? They use it to make bombs and to destroy and to kill. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a great idea, but look how you used it. That's so, right. The same idea with the philosophies of the ancient world. They were very interesting if you go back to the old way. And that's incidentally, that's in the book of uh, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. I think it was 616. Where in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, it has God saying, stand ye in the way and see and ask for the old way. Ask for the old path where there is a, where it is a good way and walk therein and you shall find a peace and rest for your souls. So in Jeremiah 6.16, God is saying, go back to the old way. Go back to the old ancient uh, knowledge in its very beginnings. And that's where the real truth will be. That's where the real bottom line truth of the universe is, is in the old way. And I think that's what you're doing, that's what I'm doing, and some other people are doing with looking at symbolism or looking at the history of this and looking at it from an objective standpoint where we can go back, analyze, and say, okay, here's where this word really came from. Here's where this symbol really came from. I I think also a lot of the gods and goddesses, uh, and there's there's so many levels to this, it's not so polar and, and, and dualistic in the sense of either being real or not real, for whatever that means. A lot of the gods and goddesses were, were principles. They were philosophical concepts, and they were given human characteristic and or human or animal form. But although there were gods and goddesses that were concepts and were given human or animal form, there might very well have been some type of extraterrestrial, for lack of a better word, that was able to use our understanding or our beliefs or the profane beliefs in that these gods and gods not being principles were actually humanoid in some way, and they were able to play on our religious beliefs to mislead people that they are actual real beings. So there's so many different layers to it, I think, Jordan. And oh, again, heavens, yes. Heavens, yes. I mean, just, just that first chapter of Genesis, first two chapters of Genesis blows my mind. 
when you really look at what the words really were, you know, and, and that's a whole another story. But that, that would take a couple of hours to walk <laughs> yeah. through the first two chapters of Genesis and show that nothing that you believe in Christianity, Judaism, or Islam is true. If you really understand what Genesis 1 and Genesis 1 and 2 are actually saying, and look at the words and what the words meant, Go back and study what is called archaeolinguistics, the ancient languages of the world, and look at what the Genesis 1 is actually, in fact, saying. And it has nothing whatsoever to do with anything that Christianity has, uh, is teaching today. Nothing at all. That's why the Bible says, go back to the old way, meaning that there's a very ancient understanding, a sacred science, so to speak. And if you go back to the ancient peoples of the world, and I do mean ancient, uh, you will begin to see they had the real knowledge. They had the real bottom line on what was going on. And that implies, as far as I'm concerned, that they got it from someone. Because humans who are, who are born and raised on the earth do not have the capacity or the background to really understand the mysteries of the heavens and the mysteries of life. Uh, but if someone else from somewhere else in the universe that had been around for millions of years before we popped in, they trained uh, and us. they came down here, you know, as a great grandfather comes down to the little children and teaches us what was really going on in the universe, then we now have uh, a, you know, a chance at understanding who we are and where we've come from. So that's why I, I believe that you know, if you go back to the old philosophies, go back to the old way, everything starts making sense. And I've been trying to tell people that for years. If you want to understand Christianity, go back 2,000 years, go back over 2,000 years to the Roman Empire and see what the Christians at that time were talking about, what they were saying and, and what they believed and what their symbols were. And then, then look at Judaism and see how Judaism is directly from uh, from the uh, Hindu religion. Uh, Judaism is based on Hinduism, but if you don't know anything about Hinduism, then you're never going to see the connections. But uh, and and then, of course, on Islam, the, the Muslims do not know that so much of their religion is based on the Greek uh, on the Greek gods. Uh, of which I'm talking about right now, the Hesiod and the Theogony. So much of Islam is based on the ancient Greek religions. And of course, a lot of it, uh, a lot in there is also based on the Roman philosophies too. You got the moon god. Yep. And then of course, we've got Moses in the, in the Hebrew uh, tradition. Moses, uh, that was a moon worshiper. He worshiped the moon. And, uh, and he was a, a name connected to lunar worship, uh, in the ancient world. And that's where we get lunatic from. That's right. And, uh, and that's where, that's where you get the idea that Jewish holidays, today even, Jewish holidays, uh, always start, uh, or the Jewish day period always starts at sundown from six o'clock in the evening to six o'clock in the evening. The next evening is their day. They do not start their day like Christians do from 12, uh, you know, 12 uh, a.m. in the morning until 12 p.m. at night. 
No, they start their day from 6 o'clock in the evening to 6 o'clock the next evening. And that's because uh, their, their, their whole concept, we even have in Judaism, we have something called a lunar calendar. Yeah. Which shows that they are like the, you know, and that's why we have the 12 tribes of Israel. Why? Because the American, Native American Indian tribes, and even the Native American Indian tribes counted their days from moon to moon. That's why you always hear in the movies of the, the Indian chief will say, for many moons we've done this, and for many moons. I think that's why. Where... That's the way they count their days, is from 6 o'clock in the evening when the moon comes out to 6 o'clock in the evening, the next moon. So that's uh, that's their day. And we base our calendars on cyclic, uh, the cyclic nature of the moon, lunar cycles, and I think that's where the word month or moonth comes from that's as well. That's right. That's where moon, uh, month comes from, is from the moon. And Monday, M-O-N, take an O out of moon, Monday. it becomes mon, Monday. Sa- Saturn day, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday. That's right. So it's very interesting when you find out the real... Uh, the real provable foundations for Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are all based on some very, very ancient, old, uh, fascinating, but pagan tree and pagan gods and all kinds of uh, ideas from the minds of men and that we accept it today because we were born and raised into it. And if you're born and raised in Saudi Arabia and you, you know, you're part of that culture, and that whole culture you live in is your world. When you were born as a baby, you're born into a world, and you grow up in that world, and therefore you accept that world. You have to. I mean, it's bigger than you are. And so, but then you find out after you leave uh, the the world you grew up in and go to another country and see uh, that it's a totally different culture with a different understanding of the, of, of life. And then you begin to, if you really then want to educate yourself, then you begin to see how, no, I think this is far bigger, that the entire world is being manipulated and exploited because of its ignorance. You are what you are because you were born into that culture. And so people who are, who are, you know, really connected to, say, Islam, uh, and the and Muhammad religion, if they had been born by chance in Ireland instead of uh, the Middle East, they would most likely be Catholics or, or Protestants, and they would be equally as, as, uh, as determined that their religion is the right religion. Uh, but never realizing, people don't think that very deeply about anything. That's why so much uh, stupidity is pervading the earth today, because most people don't think very deeply about anything. No, and that, that even reminds me of, I, I mentioned this a few times on, the, on more recent shows, and I wrote about it in my new book, is that symbols are not only all around us, but symbols make up our language. I mean, that it's kind of strange when you think about it for most people you think of symbols you might think of a cross or a swastika or the seal of solomon the star of saturn the seagull of saturn but symbols are what make up our language no matter what language it is every single letter is a symbol every number of is course a symbol. it is and they Absolutely. each they each have their own vibration so certain words are harmful or beneficial like love or hatred 
Uh, and those vibrations can affect us in a lot of different ways, especially when we read them. We turn, we turn certain words uh, and invert them, like live is evil, E-V-I-L. Put a letter on the yeah. D, you get the devil. Take a letter out of good, you get God. I mean, you start playing around with this, and you realize this is the foundation for everything we think existing doesn't actually exist, like you said, in the way that we think it exists. It's completely inverted. That's exactly right. And that's why today there is so much chaos and anger and frustration and bloodshed and especially alcoholism and drug addiction uh, and stupidity because the human race has been robbed of its education. It has been robbed. And, and when the schools were built supposedly to educate young people when they're growing up to, you know, to teach them uh, how to think, Today's schools do not teach you how to think. <clears throat> they tell you what to think, but they do not teach you how to think. You'll be surprised how many emails I get from all over the world when people say, I just love what you're doing. I'm fascinated by wisdom and knowledge you talk about. Where do I begin? I don't even know how to begin to look and research anything. Where would I begin? What, what do I have to do to to know where to find information? <clears throat> and so that's a classic example of what I'm talking about. The world of mankind uh, is run by elites, powerful people who have you know, fought their way to the top to become very powerful people. And when they're and when children are being born, and, and the old man like Rockefeller you know, 98 years old and worth billions and manipulating people and governments, etc. And when little children are being born today in America, they are being born into a culture. They have no idea in the world how the world works and how America works and where it came from and what the words are. And so they just grow up uh, accepting whatever the teacher tells them. They just grow up and go to school, and whatever they're told in school, that's the way it is. Until you grow up and find out, no, that's not the way it is. You've been lied to. And we've been programmed. And I want to I want to ask you something that I've observed. There are, I think, more than just two sides. But typically, with any argument, with any discussion, with any point of view, to me, Jordan, it seems like there's usually that option of freedom, that perception of freedom, where you can have one or the other. So you either believe in creation or you believe in evolution, or you're Republican or Democrat, or you're conservative or liberal. There's always that that perceptual freedom of you have choice to pick what you want, but what you want is still within a parameter of what is considered acceptable. And everything from that base programming, everything that we think everything that we see everything that we hear everything that we do i think comes out of that programming so we don't that's, think for ourselves no that's exactly right you are expected to be in compliance if you are you know, you're either democrat or republican you're, you have to be one of the two why because we even say that you know on the back of an american dollar bill a one dollar bill you will see an american uh, the american eagle the bald-headed eagle and uh, but the eagle only has two wings, a left wing and right wing. And this is why you only have and are only allowed to have in America two conceptual ideas about running the country. One is left wing and one's right wing. 
Why? Because that's the only thing that, uh, an eagle has is two wings, left and right wing. And you, and you get, I think you get other uh, 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 variations of that, but they all really stem from the same wing, if you will. It's kind of like companies that have these these smaller companies as like a, a subcorporation, tiny little businesses, and people think, well, if I go to this business, I'm really supporting a, a local small business, but they're really owned by one of the massive corporations. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And it's just business, like I said, it's just business. the mafia will tell you, it's just business, just making money, and it's deception, but it works, somehow or another, it all works, and they laugh all the way to the bank, and we you know, we humans have no idea in the world how it's played, it's, it, it's extraordinary what's really been going on, but especially in religion. Uh, let me get back to this thought about the uh, theogony, because the punchline I haven't got to yet. Now, first of all, as I said, in Greece, the uh, in the Greek language, God is Theos, T-H-E-O-S, Theos, and uh, and the chief Theos or God in the ancient Greek world was Zeus. He was called God the Father, and he was the father of all other gods. So, to the ancient Greeks in prayer, it would be, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." Zeus. Now look at the word father. First of all, if you go back to the ancient Sanskrit language, father is pitter, P-I-T-A-R, is father in the Sanskrit. The old Persian language, the, father, the word father is also P-I-T-A. Uh, in Sanskrit, P-I-T-A-R, but in the <clears throat> Old Persian is P-I-T-A, while in Greek and Latin, Father is Pater, P-A-T-E-R. <clears throat> so the ancient word for God was Pater or Pater. We've heard that term, Pater, Pater. No, Pater, Pater is the two words in the ancient languages for the Father. Again, in the ancient Greek, the word Father God was Zeus. Uh, and so he would be referred to as Zeus Pater, P-A-T-E-R, Zeus Pater. Uh, incidentally, the, there's a there's a river in the Middle East uh, dedicated to um, Zeus. It's called the Suez Canal. Suez is Zeus, spelled backwards. Suez Canal is the Zeus Canal. So uh, in Latin, the word God is not Zeus. But Deus, not Z-E-U-S, Zeus, but D-E-U-S, Deus. So in the ancient Roman god, or Zeus, was called Iupeter, I-U-P-E-T-E-R, Iupeter, uh, which incidentally, I's are interchangeables with J's. And so Zeus, B-I-U-Peter, P-E-T-E-R, becomes J-U-Peter, or Jew-Peter. So Jew-Peter is still today uh, the king of the gods. And in the Vatican today, there is a statue of the Apostle Peter. And if you go, uh, I've been to the Vatican all through it, and I've seen this, this statue it's about it's on a pedestal that's about a four and a half foot high pedestal. 
And so when and Peter is pictured in in uh, in this carving, Peter is uh, in this sculptor. Peter is sitting in a chair, and his feet is right around four and a half to five foot high, uh, from you know a, a person standing in front of the statue. It's a perfect height to lean over and kiss his feet. And so this is what the church has people do when they come to the Vatican. Uh, Peter has a, a very big statue sitting there, and his feet are only about four and a half to five foot high because of the little pedestal it's sitting on. So people have kissing the people are kissing the feet of uh, so-called Peter. No, it's actually the encyclopedias will tell you that uh, that statue was taken from an ancient uh, an ancient Greek temple to the uh, god uh, uh, to the god Zeus so what I'm saying is that in the Vatican there's a statue of Peter sitting in a chair and people are kissing his feet it's not Peter it's Peter mm-hmm. Jupiter or Jupiter and it's Zeus because in Rome Zeus was, it was Jupiter and so today, Catholics and Christians the world over are still on their knees praying and in the Vatican kissing the feet of Jupiter. So today there's a small, as I said, a small canal named Zeus, which is uh, Suez, which is Zeus spelled backwards. So what I'm saying is that today, Catholics all over the world <clears throat> are holding uh, in, in very high esteem the, the Apostle Peter, supposedly the man who founded the Catholic or the Christian religion in Rome. And this is why it's called the Roman Catholic religion. Incidentally, the word Catholic is a word that means universal. So air is Catholic. Water is Catholic. People are Catholic. Uh, dirt is Catholic. Anything which is found all over the earth, universal, all over, is uh, the word uh, for all over means, and it is Catholic, means universal. <clears throat> so when you begin to see how the entire world of mankind is kissing the feet of Zeus, Pater, uh, or Jew, Pater, or Jupiter, uh, Christianity today, when you see people cr- uh, uh, praying, uh, continually going to a Catholic church and praying to God for for peace and harmony and for protection and security, and and yet the more they pray, the worse the world gets. And the reason why the more they pray in churches to God, the worse the world becomes. And the reason why is because they're praying to some kind of a living entity which is three million miles away from here, which if you send out an electrical signal, you'll get one back. You may not be able to read the read it, but at least it shows you there is somebody out there. Somebody responding. Somebody's responding. And they're not just responding, but but, but given the the distance three million miles away, the, the signal comes back amplified. <clears throat> and that's what that's what really caught the attention of the scientists when they were sending out signals to Cassiopeia. Their answer would be amplified, showing that somebody has a very powerful, uh, you know, radio 
uh, transmitter and is transmitting uh, you know information and knowledge throughout our whole uh, uh, solar system. So we spend time, we spend money, we spend effort, and we put all of this attention and energy into worshiping, wearing, promoting, talking about, honoring, respecting certain symbols and stories and institutions and buildings, etc. And what we're putting that energy and attention into, we believe it is for the benefit of ourselves. But in fact, it seems from the story you're describing and very similar subjects I've discussed in the show before as well, that the energy and attention we're putting into thinking that it's going to benefit us as humans, as individuals, it's not a creative energy. Perhaps it's a more destructive energy. And that's why I think it's so vitally important to understand the foundation and the origins of what you believe of what you worship of what you say of how you say it of what you what you think because another great example i've used before jordan is people that think christmas is jesus's birthday and then we go to the roman celebration of saturnalia Saturnalia. it's a celebration of saturn which is a Mm -hmm. very destructive force so you're putting energy and attention into worshiping these things that are the very opposite of what you think they are that's what i just said yep (laughs) And that's exactly that's right. That's exactly right. You, you you're doing something that you know. That's why the Bible has Jesus saying, "Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do." That's right. And uh, you know, and then later on, we are told uh, in the New Testament, Jesus is saying, "You know, you have eyes that do not see, and you have ears that do not hear, and with your heart you do not get the sense of it." <clears throat> so they have eyes that do not see and ears that do not hear. And so, you know, people listening to me and you, uh, you know, they're hearing it, but they're not hearing it. They, they, they get the vibrations, they're hearing the sound, they understand the words, but that's it. Uh, you know, t- tomorrow they forget all about it and go back and continue to crawl on their knees and go to churches and worship, uh, uh, you know, worship the gods of Hesiod's uh, theogony. And worship Zeus, and never realizing that the Vatican is worshiping Zeus. And and that's what I think is 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 really. There's one word that would describe it. It's almost like amnesia, where again, we 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 talk about oh, we're very excited about these new planets that NASA found. They might have water on them. And I'm thinking, what about the water that was found in like the 60s and 70s? What about that water? Isn't that important? <laughs> did, did we forget about that? And I think it's the same thing with what you're describing. You, you explain the foundation for these beliefs, the symbols, the gods, <laughs> goddesses, etc. And then we just forget about it tomorrow, and we continue to go about what we think makes life easier. Jordan Maxwell. That's right. Jordan Maxwell, our guest this evening. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll. T- There are plenty of ways to help support the Secret Teachings radio program so we can continue to bring you some of the most unique perspectives and great guests through the airwaves. Whether you buy one of my many books in digital format or softcover from Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, subscribe to get access to our full show archive, or donate a few dollars, all contributions help in growing this show and keeping us broadcasting which in turn helps you by providing important resources, information, and philosophies for self-improvement. Please visit www.thesecretteachings.info to read reviews and buy the books, donate, 
or subscribe today and gain access to all of our past shows with great guests and timeless subjects. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and I sincerely thank you for your support. As we move to expand and grow the Secret Teachings radio show and the website, thesecretteachings.info, we need your support. Not only are we brazenly blunt and talk about scary subjects, the point of the show is not fear for ratings. It is about empowering you, the listener. If you feel you learn or take anything away from the show, please consider donating a few dollars a month to support what we're doing here at The Secret Teachings. Visit our website and click the PayPal donation link at the top of the page. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. All of Jordan's research. You can also subscribe to The Secret Teachings to get access to great episodes like this one, great guests and timeless subjects. Right now we have a $50 donation that'll get you access to our archive for one year. You can stream every show and download it to take it with you in your $50 donation to support us, to send us to the Contact in the Desert Conference. Also provide you with, and it is your choice, one of my books. You can look at those on the website and find the official links to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and the publisher, NeelyProductionsInc.com. That's Neely Worldwide Productions. You can also find them on Facebook and linked up on our website, thesecretteachings.info. My email, rdgable at yahoo.com. Again, Jordan Maxwell, our guest. We've been talking about symbolism and the foundation of really reality, but more specifically language and religion. Jordan, we have one call on the line right now. It looks like we have Jack. Jack, you're on with Jordan Maxwell. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Jordan. Hi there. How are you doing today? Well, I don't know. Nobody ever tells me anything. So I think I'm okay, though. <laughs> well, I'm going to pose a couple questions for you. So Zeus ties in with Saturn, which ties in with Satan. And in a world of inversions, in the world of inversion that we live in, are you, is it a stretch to say that people are unwittingly worshiping Satan and the other question I would have is, is it a stretch to think that Zeus might be artificial intelligence? <clears throat> well, uh, you have to appreciate that when I answer a subjective, uh, subjective uh, I'm giving you just an opinion based on what I have found. But um, uh, it, it, it can be very deceptive if I say yes to something. I'm saying yes to something you don't know that I'm, uh, I'm looking at. <clears throat> so it would be better for me to say that 
that people are unwittingly around the world and all the religions, especially the three major religions of the world, are being led into, blindly being led into the worship of ancient, <clears throat> and I do mean ancient, uh, gods that they do not know anything about. They have no knowledge of how they come to be in this particular religion uh, and where the religions have come from. <clears throat> and, you know, Muslims all over the world are worshiping a god named Allah, never realizing for a moment, never realizing for a moment, Allah is simply the Hebrew god Yahweh. Yahweh in Hebrew is Allah in, in Arabic. And, and once you understand Allah and Yahweh and where that, uh, those words come from and what they mean and what the, you know, it's a, it's a whole story about all over the earth. Religion is misleading the whole human race. And, you know, then get back to government. Well, government's misleading the whole human race and commerce and banks and all the other institutions and in, in our universities, etc are misleading people, and that's why there's nothing but confusion, chaos, and as I said before, anger in the streets. People are frustrated and angry. Uh, they're, they're on drugs and alcoholism and gang wars and wars and violence and, you know, and suicides. Why? Because the whole human family are hurting. People are hurting because they cannot do anything about the world they live in they have no power because knowledge is power. They have no idea in the world what's going on. And so that's why frustration is now in the streets everywhere. And never ever thought <clears throat> to look at where did your country come from? Where did the belief systems your country believes in? Where did it come from? Who runs your country? Who owns your banks? Uh, where did your educational institutions come from? That's a whole story in itself. Where did your institutions on this earth come from? And so, yeah, I think bottom line is that the entire world is uh, worshiping one way or the other and one religion or the other, uh, ancient pagan gods who are, I believe, and it's just my felt, my feeling, I believe are probably representing extraterrestrial life forms who either have been here before and, and left their mark on us and we're still worshiping these extraterrestrial gods or they are, or they are here now and misleading us into believing all kinds of, of uh, belief systems and churches and religions and I mean, why do Jews have a synagogue? A spell S here in in, uh, in in the states, synagogue is S Y N, but in 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 uh, Israel, it's spelled S I N, synagogue. Why is it spelled different in Israel? Because S I N is the correct way to spell synagogue. Synagogue. Sin was the was a moon god. Uh, which was the same God was called Allah mm -hmm. uh, in right. the Arabic world, but it was actually originally called Sin. And Sin was a moon, the moon God, and uh, the people in the ancient Middle East could look eastward uh, at, in the evening at 6 o'clock, and they would see uh, there's a very high mountain range in the, in the Sinai Desert. 
very high mountain range. And in the evening, about 6 o'clock, you will see the sun, the, the moon rising in the east from the mountain range. And so the ancient people believed the moon was a god and he lived in the mountain. And so even today, Arabs will tell you about the old man of the mountain. The old man of the mountain was the moon. And obviously the moon lives in the mountain because every night, 6 o'clock, he comes up. So that's where we get the Jewish holidays after 6 o'clock in the evening because that's when the moon comes out. And, uh, of course, with the Christians, it's when the sun comes out. Why? Because Jesus is God's son, the light of the world. Could, of course the sun is the light of the world. Could, so, you, could you say, Jordan, that those that followed or didn't follow, depending upon how you looked at it, those that did or didn't follow sin were sinners? Well, yeah. <laughs> That could be too. I just think it's interesting that in the ancient, and I do mean ancient language in the Middle East, uh, a mountain was was pronounced AI, AI, not artificial intelligence. AI was a mountain. And sin was the god of the mountain. So you put the two together, it becomes sin, sin AI, or Mount Sinai. So Mount Sinai is now not Sinai, sin AI, god of the mountain. The moon god. And that gets into Moses, what we're going to talk about. So <clears throat> let me get back to this couple of points while I'm thinking of it. I don't want to forget that we're talking about Zeus. And in Rome, uh, Zeus was, of course, the Greek major god in the Greek world. But in Rome, uh, they kept the same god, but they called him Jupiter. And another name for Jupiter in the Latin was Jove, J-O-V-E. Jove was Jupiter. So we are told that somewhere in the scripture, we are told, uh, fraudulently told, that God is love. No, God is not love. Go back and read it correctly. It's not God is L-O-V-E. God is J-O-V-E, Jove, not love. And so, you know, we've been we've been pacified by these silly uh, interpretations and silly uh, renderings of ancient religions, and we're told, well, you know, God is love. No, it's God is Jove. Get over it. Move on. As the concept in the ancient world too, believed that the god Zeus protected royalty, and this is in the encyclopedias that Zeus was the god of royalty. And so this is why today we have all of these schmogalagama mentally deranged uh, humans running around calling themselves royals. And uh, they have a divine right of kings. What do you mean divine right? Well, Zeus is our god. And uh, he's the god who protects royalty. So now you've got another problem. Now you've got people thinking they're god or there's the sons of God. Uh, Zeus uh, has made them royal royalty so they have a divine right of king so that's why when you see queen mum and all those other mentally disordered uh, inbred goofballs riding around in gold chariots and flipping their cigarette ashes on the children just remember that they are divinely inspired they're divinely appointed by some demonic ancient god called zeus so so That's do you think the world that, we live in. That's why our world is so incredibly bloodshed, violence, stupidity, and ignorance. And I'm just amazed at how much the world has lost its mind. And we've lost everything. We've lost our freedom. We've lost our country. 
We've lost our business. We've lost our money. We've lost everything. We've lost our we've minds. We've lost it because we are ignorant, ill-informed, and unread. W- w- would, you, would you say that the difference then between, to really, really take this back further into philosophy, the difference between, let's say, satanic worship or worship of God would be reason as opposed to unreason? And I think we've lost so much reason in the world. That's why we suffer from all of the things that you just said, because we live in a world of unreason. Oh, without a doubt. No doubt about it. There's virtually nowhere, anywhere that you might look in the world, everything you see is unreasonable. It makes no sense why people do what they do. Why do they believe what they believe? Uh, you know, I, I just it's amazing and frightening to me because I know, I don't think or suspect, I know where the world is heading. Anytime you can get millions and millions of people all believing in fake ancient gods and demon, demonic creatures, uh, uh, extraterrestrial life forms and ancient religions, my God, it's frightening where the human race will finally end up a thousand years from today. Uh, because, you know, one thing we do not want in this country and in this world is education. This is one thing that is not tolerated in America to start with. It is not tolerated and is not wanted in this country is education. People who question things. You go to, you go to university and college to get a work permit. You go there and you take a test. And incidentally, when you, when children are taking a test in school, we take that word test and give us and gives us our word testimonial, or we testify in court. We, it's a testimonial. Test, T-E-S-T, comes from testes. That's where it comes from, testicle. So when you're going into court in the ancient world and in, uh, in Egypt, when you go into a court, it's the same way it's done in Hebrew today, in, in Israel today. The uh, even I, I don't even know I don't know if it's done in Israel today, but I know in the ancient Hebrew system of, of laws and courts, if you go into a court as a Jew and you go before the Sanhedrin and the, the chief justice uh, and the chief justice in the, the ancient Hebrew system was called a Nazi N A S I Nazi. Encyclopedia will tell you the correct term for the high priest in Israel was not N-A-S-I, but N-A-Z-I. That's in the encyclopedia. Go look it up in the dictionary. So if you go before a Nazi or Nazi in the Hebrew court, uh, you were supposed to hold your testicles. Why? Because it is to remind you that if we catch you lying in this court... And that's why we say the things that we do, because it goes back to something that actually happened. In the old ancient Hebrew system, uh, you know, you hold your testicles when you testify, or giving a testimonial. And so you're under a test when you go in before a court. You know, why do you, go, why do you, why do you have to go to court? Well, you play, te- you play tennis on a court, play basketball on a court. Uh, how do you how do you play tennis on a court? You play with a racket. I mean, the whole entire thing is a racket. So George, once you understand how the world really works, where the words have come from, what they actually mean, for the first time you can put down the liquor and the pills and all the entertainment and all the movie stars and all this other uh, entertainment 
And for the first time, look at the world that you really live in and find out the bottom line on how the world really works. Jordan, this is why I've said so many times that people in America and all over the world, but especially people in America, have no power to do anything. They can cry and complain. Uh, they can you know, come up with all kinds of imaginative reasons why, but nobody has the power to do anything. You cannot change anything. And the reason why is because you do not have the power to change. Why? Because knowledge is power. And unless you understand where everything has come from, what the words mean, and trace it all back, trace back your government to the first time it existed, what were the words and terms, what were the names that were used, where did the money come from? It's an, it's, uh, as I said, it's an extraordinary story about how the whole world is being manipulated and people have no idea in the world that they are living a useless life, believing lies, deception. And the people at the top, you know, we always say the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Why? Because that's the way the world works. The well, smart guys at the top know. It's not only that, they, Jordan, but we've all, masses don't know. We, we also feel that this type of information is useless and that fixing our attention on entertainment, on celebrity, on uh, stuff that just distracts us from any form of betterment for our own personal self, that everything else is distracting uh, and that it's useless and that it's unreasonable. Again, things have been inverted because what we think is reasonable by entertaining ourselves, by making ourselves uh, uh, um, uh, consumed through uh, consumerism and also consumed through drugs and alcohol and all sorts of other things, we think that's reasonable. Really, that's unreason. And getting to the the foundation of, of, of what this is all about, what life, this experience is all about, I think is the foundation of reason. And I brought that up at the beginning of the show. People like us, when we talk about these types of things, we're considered to be very negative, very dark. And others that want to ignore it consider themselves to be really happy and really positive. And there is an element of, of anger that can come up within what we do because what we're looking at is stuff that justifiably should make us pretty angry when we realize that everything we thought we knew is a lie or is misleading. Everything we thought we knew about reality is incorrect. It's inverted. And that within that inversion, there are all of these elements that are directly targeting human reason and understanding and intelligence and our health and emotion and, and everything that makes us naturally, uh, organically human beings. That's being attacked and, and, and subdued. And I think it's a natural reaction to be angry, but it's also natural to want to do something about it. It's unnatural. It's very unnatural and very unreasonable to ignore it for entertainment and self-pleasure. But people have been programmed to, to have that. And Jordan, I want to ask you one question from the chat room. I'll give Jack a moment to just briefly say something, and then I'll give you uh, the final few minutes to say anything else that you'd like to say. There's a question from Plutonius in the chat room. He writes, does Jordan know anything about Stan Tenen's discovery that all the Hebrew letters are two-dimensional projections, shadows, from different orientations of a single three-dimensional object? Yeah. Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I, I knew about Stan Tenen many years ago. When he first started, I was in San Diego, and, uh, and I was looking at his work 
that was uh, back in the early 90s. I was in San Diego running a company. I was actually in charge of a company at the time called Truth Seeker Company. It was a publishing house, and we were publishing all kinds of articles about secret societies and all the deception going on in the world. And the, the magazine was called The Truth Seeker. So all my life I've been a truth seeker, and I happened to end up running a company called Truth Seeker down in San Diego. And I, I came across Stan Tenen's work uh, you know, a long time ago, like I said, the early to mid-90s. <clears throat> and I actually got a letter uh, from someone in my office was corresponding with him, and he wrote uh, an email uh, to, and, I, and they showed it to me, where Stan Tenen said, a lot of what Jordan Maxwell is talking about, I have to agree. He's, he's right on the, on the things he's saying about the gods in Christianity and Judaism and, and Islam. He was right on that. And so I, I just remember that, that we did get an email from him and, uh, where he complimented my work. So yeah, I've known about him for a long time. Fascinating stuff he's talked about too. Jack, do you have any <clears> final <throat> comments or questions for Jordan? We've only got about five minutes. Well, I have about uh, five days' worth. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Jordan, if you wouldn't mind, just real quick, what do you think? Is it possible that Zeus is a form of artificial intelligence, that God, Zeus, could be artificial intelligence? But then also, if you could just comment before you get off the air here about the role Jesus plays in all of this. And, oh, and yeah. because Jesus is similar spelling to Zeus, does that tie in at yeah. all with Zeus? The original oh, Greek, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, well, when you talk about artificial intelligence, we, we humans like to brag that we've created computers that can think for themselves, artificial intelligence that can think for themselves. And I say, well, thank God that somebody on the earth can think for themselves because we humans don't seem to be able to do that. Thank God we got computers at least that can think for themselves. And why would you brag about uh, having something that can think for itself if you don't do the same thing? You don't think for yourself, but you're happy to tell us that you've got a computer that can think for itself. And I'm saying, why don't you forget the computer and why don't you think for yourself? Why don't you try and do something for yourself instead of... uh, you know, bragging about a computer that can think for itself. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised because, uh, that, that Zeus represents some sort of a, of a, uh, non, uh, non-earthly, uh, higher intelligence, computerized, uh, I don't know, some sort of a extraterrestrial source of wisdom out there that can communicate with you, but you can't read the language. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's, uh, it's at least possible. I don't know how our universe is run. I don't know about, you know, the, the intricates, the intricate secrets of the, uh, Milky Way galaxy. All I know is that the universe out there is just filled with life. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I mean, where did we come from? And this, and this earth, where did we come from? Well, we're part of the, uh, we're part of the whole. Well, we're part of the whole. Maybe there's other places like this out there where there are other people. And if you go back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, that's what the Bible says. That, uh, that That's a whole story for another time. I don't want to even open up that can of worms. 
But anyway, I would, I would, I guess with the last few moments, all I would say is that go to my website if you're interested in really seeing some really dark stuff being brought to light. Uh, go to my website, Jordan Maxwell Show. S-H-O-W. Remember to add that. JordanMaxwellShow.com. And that's a podcast. You can listen to all the, uh, the, the shows I've done, but uh, at the top of the page, you will see two things of importance. One is you'll see a banner that says uh, Research Society. And it's, uh, it's a private website that you can join for $30 for a lifetime subscription. Only one time, $30 uh, lifetime subscription. And it's called, I call it Research Society. What it is, it's just a, a, a website that's, my website couldn't hold it, so I had to have another website where I download or upload all kinds of research I've been doing over the years, audio, videos, documents, uh, articles, uh, links and people, important people that you don't know about, that you need to know about, and where they are and their emails and what they're doing and what words, there are a whole, uh, there's a whole thing on words. <clears throat> that are used around the world that we don't know where they come from. Uh, it's it's an ex- it's a really extraordinary uh, um, collection of dark stuff, things that people just don't know. And uh, and I'm fascinated with how much we don't know as humans. And so I've got a huge website called Research Society. You can join it for thirty dollars for a lifetime subscription and i'm putting stuff up there every day it's already huge it's going to be much bigger yet and uh and then of course there is the two new videos that i have finally after all these years i'm finally able to put together some new videos i have two brand new videos and they are on the home page also so go on jordan maxwell show and you'll see the home page has two new videos which you can order and also the Research Society, which is filled with all of my research over the years that I'm uh, uploading every day. So uh, that was the two things I did want you to know about my old website, jordanmaxwellshow.com. And again, I want to thank you uh, for allowing me to be on the show, Ryan. Absolutely, Jordan. You're welcome back anytime. Again, jordanmaxwellshow.com, jordanmaxwellresearch.is. They're all linked up as well on our website, www dot the secret teachings dot info jordan have to have you back sometime we'll continue this seemingly endless Let's conversation do it for sure. <laughs> all right yeah. all right sounds good you have a good evening all right bye-bye good evening. bye-bye all right there goes jordan maxwell i'm ryan gable again our website www.thesecretteachings.info on our website right now half off yearly subscriptions just until the end of this evening february Actually, March 1st, 2017. We're already in March. March 1st, 2017. Half off a yearly subscription and a book with donations to send us to Contact in the Desert 2017, which is coming up in May. For more information about that or about this show, past guests, and future guests, go to the website, check out our guest tab, check out our promotional pages and social media, Twitter at TS Teachings and Facebook.com forward slash the Secret Teachings. You can also find selected shows for free on YouTube, both clips and guests and entire broadcasts. Again, that is YouTube. Search The Secret Teachings, Ryan Gable, and it should pop right up. My email, 
rdgable at yahoo.com. This weekend, we have two great shows for you. Saturday and Sunday will be live at 4 p.m. as we are every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific, and that means that we re-air at 9.